0: Resistance. In existence, join the resistance. Come on, let's start by talking tactics. Let's have a party, some Here's how we practice. The last start of conversation. David Jason. Hey, everybody, welcome to Pop Culture Continuum. This is John Elliott, the asshole host. And this is
1: uh, Patrick Riccardi, the, that just ass host. And we have
0: our special guest, Santa Claus, ho, 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 the ass man guest. (laughs) I I wasn't prepared for
2: that introduction. Michael Morris. (laughs) Back again for the one person who listens to this show that thinks I'm funny.
1: (laughs) Oh, there's more than that. Wait, are you talking about yourself, Michael? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Clearly. (laughs) Because you are the one person who listens to the show. I wasn't insulting you. I think anyone who would listen to it and hear you would think you were funny but
2: it's funny I met John's um, girlfriend uh well met saw her again on at, on Wednesday or Thursday whenever our party was and um she said oh you're really funny but she wouldn't look me in the eye when she said it <laughs> and, she's just like, shy I knew she meant it but like it was <laughs> like you're not looking me in the eye so I don't believe you <laughs>
1: <laughs> no she, she meant it yeah <laughs> well she looks me right in the eye and says you're not funny yeah so, so. we're even
2: when do you see her? Never. Uh-huh. That's what I thought. <laughs>
1: uh,
0: anyway, this <laughs> week we're doing uh, – well, well, one was a Michael pick and the other one was a Pat pick, I believe. So uh, I want to put it on the record that I made
1: this pick as a joke and I thought you guys would both refuse to do it. I wish I would have. But uh, Michael's <laughs> pick was
2: – The Man Who Came to Dinner, a 1942 film starring Betty Davis.
0: Which was actually way too good to for a normal Michael Morris pick, so I was surprised
2: I love the old movies like I honestly to God like TCM is my jam like I'm watching it all the time, and when I'm not watching it, like I do seek out the the bad movies. But especially at the holidays, I really look for the old stuff that is um, well regarded and see if I like it or not. And I only came to this a few years ago, so I, I don't know a whole lot about it, but I love this movie.
1: I watched it the entire time and was and enjoyed it a lot, and, but <clears throat> I was watching the whole time trying to figure out why John and I shouldn't like it. Because when you recommended it, you said, I'm going to make you suffer and make you watch this. (laughs) Yeah,
0: no, I know. I enjoyed it. Well, I I do want to say, uh, we'll let Michael do a uh, synopsis, but I do want to say, I think uh, Monty Woolley should have been the top build in this. Oh, sure. And I can (laughs) see why Michael likes it, because that, well, except for the part where the character is, like, super educated and stuff, that guy is you. (laughs) What? (laughs) (laughs)
1: Except oh, he for was, that part, <laughs> he was the original cast member from from the stage. Yeah, and they they wanted someone else to play that part, and I think it was Barrymore. And Barrymore was too drunk to do it. And then they cast a bunch of other people, <laughs> including Cary Grant, which would have been. Totally. I mean, Cary Grant's terrible. awesome. He's but great, that, but he
0: would have sucked that in that part.
1: And there's some parts he could have done well because he's, he's like he's good at being a prick sometimes. But no, he's way, 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 way too young. So Monty Woolley. And so finally they, they chose Monty Woolley. Well, I think, it was the right choice. Yes, by far.
0: For sure. Oh.
2: And I've, I've read that, like, he's, I guess he was known to be homosexual, so they were worried that, like, that would come across in the film and people wouldn't want to see it. But I never would have picked up on that. I never even no, got to know that I wouldn't the have character either. is gay that he plays. Like, it's suggested that the character he plays is gay. And, like, it it's so coded that I would, it totally blew
0: by me until I started reading a biography about it. Yeah, you didn't even pick up on the, your gaydar didn't pick it up, so...
2: Right. but I did pick up on the the part that I thought you guys would be suffering with was number one. It's it feels really long. It feels like it's a really long stage play, and like I I like these kinds of things, but there are, I'm like there are points where I'm halfway through and I'm like, oh my god, how much is left? Because it moves <laughs> glacially at points. Didn't it bothered me. A,
1: I think it was long for the kind of movie it was, even for the time. Like you see most kind of like parlor room comedies and they're i think this was like two hours longer an hour and 50 minutes or something like that so it was longer for that kind of movie but it was great i loved the whole way through yeah it didn't bother me
2: yeah i well that's good the other the other bad thing is that um uh, I think, and we'll get into a synopsis in a minute, but Jimmy Durante drives me up the wall. Yeah. He, <laughs> yeah. <you know?
1: laughs> uh, yeah. He was just playing uh, Jimmy Jim Durante. Durante. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and there's a scene where Anne Sheridan um, is, is trying to like win over this playwright and she wears this light, like silk blouse with no bra. And you can <laughs> clearly see that she has no bra on. And it's the most distracting thing about that scene to me because it's so racy for 1942.
1: Why is it always- Always the for gay now,
2: dude who picks up
0: on that stuff. Like I, I didn't even
1: notice that. For now, when when you say Anne Sheridan, can you follow up by saying "Ooh la la."
2: <laughs> and when well, Anne Sheridan, "Ooh la la" is the glamour gal of this particular episode or this movie, and like that's what I key into. I'm like, oh, my god, the things
1: she wears—they're
2: amazing.
1: How about that dress? I think she was—it was her character wearing it that had the buttons were like hands. It looked like all the way up and down the yes. dress was a thumbs up yes
2: or like somebody was like clutching her breasts all the way down <laughs> it was so weird like that was that was like an amazing outfit um everything she wore was stunning and then in the end you know as she's you know bat- um, she's off stage like all that remains of her is her muff and which betty davis gets as a prize right she Gets kick it
0: well, I want to say, if we're going to say Ann Sheridan, and ooh-la-la, would, when we say Jimmy Durrani, say Jimmy Durrani, ha-cha, cha-cha. Because that's his catchphrase. He never said it. I think. Uh, oh, my um, God. He, he that intonation. Me. No, he's he's he was by far the most annoying part of this movie.
1: Well, I, I'm wondering if his character was in the stage play. Yes. I guess it, it was, and it, it wasn't as bad, maybe. Was it him? Think...
2: The I've looked up the stage play cast before, and he, he didn't play the. Um, that oh, he didn't
1: play stage. banjo. Okay.
0: Right. That's good. Yeah, I, it's too much.
1: He's based yeah. on Harpo Marx, and if yeah. Harpo Marx were doing it, it would be. They'll be better. fine. Yeah. Right.
2: He's the one that doesn't talk, right?
1: Yeah. Harpo. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> that would in be in much life, better. He did. Oh. Yeah, if Jimmy Durant, he didn't talk. <laughs> yeah.
2: No, but synopsis wise synopsis wise yes. very simple like drawing room kind of comedy prospect which is that you know visiting um Sheridan Whiteside, who is this big radio personality, he's a theater critic. He's like the guy that everybody in America listens to. He is based on a real person who really was like that. Um Alexander Woolcott is he was a member of um, the Algonquin Roundtable. He was like part of Dorothy Parker's world. He was like really Sheridan Whiteside in many, many ways. This whole story is based on something that really happened. Also gay? Do you also, know? Well, you know what? He in the this biography that I'm reading. Um, The biography, um, it was written in the 70s, and it goes to great lengths to say that other biographies have identified him as gay, but it's not that simple that he had some kind of medical issue and he was um, essentially, not chemically castrated, but he had no sexual drive,
0: drive. At all. okay. all. Uh, and
2: I think that's bullshit. I think he was gay. I think it's just a you know <laughs> bad timing in to be alive and to be gay. And he was right. just what he were. He's like the Oscar Wilde of
0: that time period, sort of. I was going to bring up Oscar Wilde, sorry to interrupt your synopsis, oh. uh, in regards to this movie, just as witty as it is. I was thinking when I was watching, I was like, modern day comedy writers... They should watch this movie and The Lady Eve maybe before they start writing. Like they don't have to, you know, they don't have to make it old school, but like learn how to write some dialogue that's witty. Oh, this is like a a
2: masterclass in like witty banter and comebacks and things that just go over people's heads until you watch it a few times. And it definitely goes over the head of almost everybody in on the cast. That I mean, he's very insulting but likable and the characters he's insulting don't seem to have the reaction that indicates they understand what he's saying they
1: said don't get him. it yeah well, the yeah. butler the or i guess he's but the butler and the cook they love him they love they him they can't wait to follow him to new york
2: well, right, people who aren't full of shit love him
0: right. and people who are pretending he cuts right through them yeah he anyway he well he's visiting this town to give a lecture and right for some reason and, he gets invited to these these uptight idiot people's house and uh, slips on the steps and you, you take it from there, Michael, sorry.
2: Sure. And then he becomes – he and his um, secretary, who is played by Betty Davis, become basically the um, somewhat um, forced house guests of this family who the father is like – who hates him and the mother is like a wannabe social climber who is also um, the woman who played Glenda the Good Witch in um, Wizard of Oz. And whenever I see her in anything, I'm like, no, that's, that's not – that's Glenda. Anyway – it's um,
1: unbelievable to me because she doesn't look like Glenda. Because I was just she tracking. doesn't. It's 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 only it's six years later, and it seems like it's like I don't know what year is this movie out? Forty-two, 42. I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. it yeah, This seems like
0: much much longer than
2: that.
1: That's only anyway. like three
0: years later, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. The, so was it was thirty-nine? Bodies? Thirty-eight. Oh, it's
2: 39. thirty-nine.
0: Yeah.
2: It might have been filmed in thirty-eight, obviously, but I think it came out in thirty-nine. Yeah. But then she looks like twenty years older in this movie. And yes. But then, um, basically, the hijinks that ensue are that he takes over their home. He wants. He needs to do his Christmas Eve broadcast from their home. He basically runs his very like sort of sophisticated, witty, sarcastic New York life from their house. Suburban Ohio, yeah. Right. And he makes them um, they're in Missalia, Ohio. I don't even know if that's real, but he makes them sort of in like they have to stay upstairs or they have to like live in other parts of the house so that he can have his space and he's got I think a the, nurse.
1: The funniest thing that happens with that is that they're forced to have their Christmas tree in their room. <laughs> and there's
2: there's jokes about, like, the, the
1: butler says, like, oh,
2: the tree fell over on mister again, you know, <laughs> because they're all crammed in their tiny
0: room, and he's got the whole run of the house. And and then he, so, and Betty Davis, his secretary, meets a mm-hmm. uh, newspaper man and uh, falls in love with him, and then he starts scheming because he doesn't want her to leave, I guess, um, to get this actress, Anne Sheridan, ooh-la-la, to, to come up and try to steal a newspaper man away from her. And uh, hijinks ensue. Exactly. So
2: he com- He's always like screwing with other people. So he to save Betty Davis as his assistant, he tries to break up this new relationship with you know the local hussy, um, and then uh, various hijinks ensue in- where like a um, Beverly Beverly up. Uh, a- Another like Hollywood type or New York type. I can't remember his last name. Beverly, his Carlton? first name is Beverly. Beverly yeah. Carlton, which totally sounds like a man's name. <laughs> but he helps lure her away, and then they. Um, his friend Banjo comes in from Hollywood. To Jimmy Tarantino.
0: Cha 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 cha. Right, yeah. and then
2: it's just all like her, um, like hijinks on how to get rid of Ann Sheridan, ooh la la, and to get Betty Davis back with the man that um, Monty Woolley broke her up with. And to get rid of the banjo character, which takes way too long. <laughs> way too long. <laughs> Two and minutes. So is way too even long.
1: even after he's gone, he's annoying because apparently uh, Sherry, or Sh- what's his Shelly? Shelly has Sherry. Sherry has super. Eyesight, because he can see him in the plane flying the plane, flying the plane, yeah, waving <laughs> as they <basically> he <laughs> flies away and he waves from the outside from the cockpit, That's, yeah. Always makes me laugh because like there's no way he could see him from <laughs> no, it's ridiculous and there's no way Banjo can pl-
0: uh, to fly an airplane. <laughs> no, that dude is drunk twenty four seven.
1: Um, yeah, I wait what before was his... he got to the house, I thought Banjo wasn't going to be as as annoying as he was. When he gets to the house, Banzer is really bad. Oh, he's annoying from the first phone call, I thought. The phone call, I thought it was okay, but after, yeah, when he gets to the house, it's terrible.
2: And I think that's the point. I think he's supposed to be a character that you cannot stand, but it shows that, like, Sherry, Sheridan Whiteside, loves all sorts of people, and he's got this big, colorful life. Right. And in real life, Alexander Wolcott was very close with the Marx Brothers and with Harpo Marx, and this actually happened where it, um, he was at, I think, I don't know if it was Noel Coward's Or somebody, it was, no, it was one of the two playwrights. The playwrights are Moss Hart and George S. Kaufman.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: I know the names, uh, actually, surprisingly. Right, they're famous.
2: George S. S. Kaufman's
1: the Marx brothers. Oh, that's probably why, yeah. I don't know about Moss Hart. What's he famous for?
2: um, uh, Moss Hart is a playwright who's famous for a lot of things, but I don't know what any of them are offhand. I didn't Google it. I'm not. Uh, maybe it'll come to me as I click away on my <laughs> laptop. Um, but it really happened where um, uh, 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 the real guy that this is based on, who who is Sander Wolcott, <laughs> fell at Kaufman or, or the other guy's house, um, kind of took over for a week and terrified everybody and like bossed the servants around. And everybody was terrified of him. And then when he left, it was like, thank God he's gone. But that was such a great story. So they made it literally into this story, this play, which was very successful. You know, this um, was then made into a movie, and kind of notable for the fact that, like, this is Betty Davis in a very prominent period in her career. She's already made like some of her best films,
0: which explains why she's top billed because she's really not the star to me. Right. Right. Yeah.
2: She's she's a supporting player at best. Yes. It's Barely, not really, even in the movie that much. But you know, she's she got magnetic. The movie made. Exactly, and you know, she she's the one who wanted um, Barrymore as this character. And Barrymore has no sense of humor. I've never oh, seen. Oh, that him would be horrible. Thing. Yeah, horrible. He it's knows like, how
1: to be in a wheelchair. Yeah, that's true. And how to drink. Apparently, they tried to do it with cue cards, which which must must have been terrible. I don't even know why they tried.
2: Would you imagine? Can you just imagine seeing the screen tests with oh. him in that role? I mean, he was so old at this point,
0: yeah, and I mean, I mean wheelchair shit just get FDR. Yeah. he'd be funnier. <laughs> right. Who was name checked in this? I liked all the name checking actually of real people. I thought that was cool. It was well, it's even, rare for back then you, those movies. Do you
1: think that was Eleanor Roosevelt really on the phone? The oh, yeah, it sounded just like her. That'. <laughs>
0: I really, what I really love about
2: this movie is one of the things I love most is that, aside from like just the sarcasm and the wit of Sheridan Whiteside, is it's a really good example of the trans. It's called the transatlantic or mid-Atlantic accent, which is where we. But you see in all the old movies, and where
0: Madeline Kahn had, I would say, right.
2: I'm not sure that I knew who that is. completely oh, Never mind. I mean, Definitely. she was in Blazing Saddles, right? Yes. No. Yes. Yes. She was with Mel Brooks. Yes. In those movies, not with him, but... Right. So, it was, like, it's the one where they sort of sound like, oh, Shaddy, do you you think you could... Like, where they speak sort of, like, roughly more British British. than American? Yeah, yeah. Um, And I love... Because this movie is, like, the perfect example of that. Like, nobody talks like anybody really talks in this movie, but it's still fantastic. Maybe Anne Sheridan (laughs) talks like a real person.
0: Ah, uh, Moss Hart. Mi- by the way, sorry, you can't take it with you. You guys ever heard of? Uh, Want to pull a surprise? It was another Kaufman <laughs> and Hart joint. They did a lot together, actually. Um,
1: yes, but Moss Hart is most famous for for giving Kitty Carlisle her heart. <laughs> Winged Victory.
0: I don't know that one. <laughs> Ooh, Lady in the Dark with Kurt Vile and Ira Gershwin. Weird. What? Yeah. Anyway sorry Broadway to tread the boards
2: (laughs) but it's fun it's not exactly like a Christmas this was sort of supposed to be a Christmas theme this um, it takes place at Christmas time it takes place there's there's a
1: large part of the movie was Christmas time and it seemed like Sheridan loved Christmas yeah I mean
2: he had a Christmas broadcast. He's very festively dressed throughout most of the movie. He's got his own Christmas tree downstairs. (laughs) He's got the lots of
1: presents.
2: (laughs) Lots of presents. The octopus scene where he gets an octopus as a present.
0: Like, it's it's like, who believes that? Who believed that scene? Well, he but has, who would send an octopus? He has a, fan, a friend who's a famous naturalist. <laughs> you know all these famous naturalists.
2: The a, a naturalist's first choice of gift would be to take an octopus out of its habitat, put it in a box, and send it to somebody as a
0: Christmas present. As well as
1: penguins. <laughs> right. Now, penguins I think we would all love to have. I think so, too. <laughs>
0: Some of my favorite scenes, those penguins jumping around. Um yeah, Betty I have to hand it to Betty Davis because I didn't really think about it until I was watching this movie before. I don't know why, but like she's not a conventional screen beauty of the time, like say no. Ann Sheridan, Ooh la, la or Veronica Lake or, you know, Lana Turner, those people. But she like totally made it. Yeah. She like yeah. It's she's amazing. She's badass. Kinda presence
2: in movies that like um even in small roles like this you kind of can't take your eyes off her off of her when she's on screen and you kind of start to see the betty davis acting style at some point when you've seen enough of her movies but this is um it's this is one of the most understated um it definitely is yes yeah very well, understated. even though you
1: you guys called it a small role and it was she was not, not the star but when she's there she takes up the whole screen she's really a big presence mm-hmm. yeah so it and, did for my, when i'm watching it, it didn't feel like a small role right well and i wasn't
0: trying to say like movie stars have to be all beautiful i just think that that's how producers thought back then and mm-hmm. still do today that, that that was my point yeah but she like totally bucked the system and was like fuck you i'm doing it
2: yeah she's great she's got this amazing history of like being sort of considered the ugly one when she's not ugly i wouldn't she's say. not no i wouldn't say so either but like you put her next to anne sheridan and that nose of hers yeah. becomes sort of like a beak and her eyes sort of look buggy and but yet i've seen her in movies where she's gorgeous like in now voyager she's she's so beautiful and she goes from like frowzy frump to like gorgeous and elegant woman and you never notice the imperfections because she embodies it and in this movie, she, I think she's beautiful in this movie. And Anne Sheridan is the hot, like, sex kitten um, character. But Betty Davis is, like, the one that you're supposed to relate to.
0: Yeah, and Anne Sheridan, ooh-la-la, doesn't really have any screen presence, you know? shes I mean, yeah. she's fine, but she, yeah.
2: She's played for laughs. She's never given any kind of, like, a... Any kind of depth, which is fine, because it's a play.
1: Um, and but she's not. Screen. When you see her at first, you think she's going to be dumb, but she really isn't dumb. She catches you on pretty quick. Yeah. No, I
2: love the whole like the whole like backstory to her is that she's chasing this British lord or something who doesn't really seem to be that interested in her, and that's how they trick her um, and get her out of the house. But like that, she's kind of a gold digger, and they don't come out and say it. But they show it, and it's, yeah, it's, it's sort of the, the, the code of saying things like that back then. is really interesting.
1: Yeah, that's she's true. she's able to track it down. When, when a little crack in the story happens, she's able to figure out quickly who did it and why it happened. <laughs> and, you, and you see her, her gears turning, and you see Betty Davis quivering in her boots as it happens.
0: <laughs> well, wait, that was Beverly Carlton the, who, who played the right. prank on her. He was great, yes. too. He was
2: like the this iconic like movie character, like that guy was like. I feel like I've seen him in many movies, and I don't even know if it's the same actor, but I've seen that <laughs> character. He's a type, an archetype.
1: Yeah, he is. Now, he's he's the one that's supposed to be based on Noel Coward, right?
2: Which I've seen Noel Coward perform, and he he was probably a little bit less uh, underlined,
0: <laughs> but it it does seem like that's what that guy was like. In general, yeah. Well, I don't know. It belong the movie belongs to Monty Woolley for me. Yeah, uh, like I didn't really care so much about the Betty Davis romance or any of the other shenanigans so much as well, just like listening to the dude talk.
1: A big problem with the Betty Davis romance is the is the, the cardboard guy she's romancing with. Well, that's true. Yeah, you couldn't. Yeah. You can't get less full of depth than that dude. <laughs> yeah.
2: There's always a male. Um... Uh, love interest named Bert in these old movies. Whether it's John, uh, I'm sorry, Joan Crawford, or if it's Betty Davis, or, or it doesn't matter who it is, his name was always Bert in the early 40s, and they all said it like Bert, like they they say every letter. It's never Bert. It's like Bert. It's I don't know how to do it. It's but it's it's really weird how everybody was named Bert
0: at that point. It was like the Caitlin or Courtney of today, right? Yeah, Bert. It's just, uh, nobody is named Bert anymore. Nope. Never met anybody named Bert. No. Uh, don't look forward to meeting anybody named Bert. <laughs> so take that. Bert's of the world. <laughs> They're all
1: dead. We apologize to all Bert's.
2: <laughs> and I thought Mary Wicks, Mary Wicks plays Monty Woolley's nurse in this, and he's terribly cruel to her. And he
0: <laughs> he calls her an idiot. And um, What did he got and, in there anyway? A sailor? <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite lines.
1: But it's too far when Banjo picks her up and carries her around and assaults Yeah, her. no. Then, then well, she's gone. Well, it's and great. I love, I love when she leaves, when she says, I wanted to become a nurse to help humanity because I love humanity. But now I'm going to work in a munitions factory because I want to see humanity burn. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Monty <laughs> Willie has this great line that um, I always get wrong, but he's talking to the kids and – Um, she comes in and and he's really nice to the kids of this family and he gives them good advice to like go out and follow their dreams, et cetera, et cetera. And um, um, he's talking to the nurse who is Mary Wicks, who was in like everything back then. And um, he he said something like, I'm known for my um, kindness and generosity. And then he turns to the nurse and says, get in here, you idiot. (laughs) And he's just like, He's, like, this perfect, like, I don't think people even got him back then. I don't think that, like, there's no way this wit was fully appreciated. Because I feel like the way they directed this, it should be faster. It should be a little quicker on the uptake. Like, anti Mame is another example of, like, super witty dialogue that turns on a dime.
0: I know what you're saying. Yeah, like, the banter just fires back and forth. I mean, Groucho Marx is, is a good example of that. Uh, but I like the way this was paced, actually, with that. Yeah,
2: I feel like once you've seen it a few times, you sort of, like, you get a second to breathe or to understand what he said after he gives somebody a cut down. And after you've seen it a few times, it becomes like, oh, I don't really need that anymore. But I see why they did it. They did it because what
0: some of the put downs he has are so, like, devastating that you can't think about what he said. (laughs) I know. I'm going to start using a shut your nasty little face, I think. You have to do it in his accent, though. I,
1: I know. I'll, I'll try. Shut
0: your nasty little face. <laughs>
1: that that would have worked much better if he had a beard. Oh, yeah. And a I know. nice tie. The tie is really what ca- carries it. <laughs> yeah. Maybe
0: next time. Now stop oozing out and
1: get out. <laughs> <laughs> did, you, did you guys look at the Wikipedia page for Wooly at all? No.
2: <laughs> uh, a- I have I don't remember it right now but yeah.
1: there's a story where he's at a dinner party and he suddenly burps or belches and the woman sitting nearby glares at him and he glares back and says, and what did you expect? My good woman chimes, <laughs> <laughs> which is funny on his face, but what's much better is the guy who wrote this uh, about him, Bennett surf. He said he was so pleased. Wooly well, was so pleased with this line that he insisted it be written to his next role in Hollywood. I think it's, it's a funny line, but it's much, much funnier that he, he enjoyed it so much that he, want, he, he wanted it to be in film. He
0: forced it. Yeah. He forced it to go down in history. <laughs> Did we lose Michael? Ah shit. I think we lost Michael. All right, hold on, one sec. Oh, you back? Hello. Are you there? Yeah. Are you both there? Yep. Yep.
2: How did you how did you go away?
0: Oh, we didn't go away. Did you, you hear away.
2: me? Did I go how did I come back?
0: Uh are you guys there? That's exactly how you came back. Yeah, really? we'll all hear it tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> what were we talking about? <laughs> Just Monty Woolley.
2: I've looked. I want to see his other films because I'm interested in him.
0: Yeah, I'd like to see what else he's done too. I I was not familiar with him at all before this. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's kind of not as much fun to talk about because it was actually a good movie.
1: Well, well it's I, still fun to talk about. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I figured
0: it might be fun to talk about a good movie for a change.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Except the, for Jimmy
0: Durrani, he really does kill it.
1: He's the worst. And, to make up for it, the movie I forced you guys to watch is is uh, oh,
0: it's very good. No, yeah, that's yeah, yeah, it's excellent, Pat.
1: Excellent. Thank you. Using the, the Bishop's Wife, I've seen that. I don't remember what party plays the Bishop's Wife. Oh, he <laughs> plays that professor. I have to see that again. I I enjoy I enjoy Cary Grant in pretty much everything. So
0: Jude 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 I'm just giving quotes that nobody ever said.
1: Wait. <laughs> oh, I I I thought you were doing Jimmy Durante again because that was spot
0: on. Yeah, sorry. Sometimes I—I <laughs> I, I was actually trying to do
1: Madeline Kahn. Um, A damn Middle Atlantic accent. Yeah.
2: How about uh, Laura? Have you guys ever seen Laura? Yes, but I don't remember it. Apparently, like this—this this character that Sheridan Whiteside and Monty are based on um alexander wolcott it's so confusing because their names are so similar um alexander wolcott is um a character that pops up again like another person based on him is in the movie laura which i have not seen yet isn't laura
0: more of a noir movie though
2: yeah 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 i
0: have seen it i I can't remember much about it but
2: i have it on my dvr for later this week it's on one of the channels or something
0: but yeah you um... should watch it it was pretty good if i recall
2: yeah, it gets really good reviews. I just, I've never seen it before, but I want to see it just for their take on this same character played by someone else for a different reason.
1: Yeah. All I want to see it just because it has Vincent Price. Anything with him is awesome. Yeah. Uh, the mm-hmm. funk
0: of 40,000 years. <laughs> well, that was his most famous work. I think so. <laughs> if there was ever a song that was kind of a shitty song that just existed for a video uh yeah thriller well that's most of the 80s too oh here we go again see this I, is a joke i'm just kidding i DJ, just to... i dj the holiday party and all <laughs> i get from michael is no more 80s although uh you guys
2: you i heard guys great reviews did like great uh, people loved, loved it so you should have... wait
1: I, I i saw on facebook that uh, michael wasn't going to be there oh yeah no he showed I up was
2: just a threat i was just i like to like make it seem like i'm not coming and then i show up you know what I mean? That that way nobody's disappointed and instead they're delighted.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, that's how I try to live my whole life. I, <laughs> I call in sick every morning.
2: <laughs> and then when you show up, everybody thinks you came to work sick.
1: Yeah.
0: So they're delighted. And they stay away from you. <laughs> yeah.
1: Wait, I have, that really works. I, have, I actually prefer to, disappointing people. It's easier,
0: for sure. Yeah. I know. And, it is a lot of effort to try to make people delighted. Uh. Uh, I have one one more Sheridan Whiteside uh, quote that I wrote down because I thought it was right? great. Uh, uh, is there a man in the world who suffers like I do from the gross inadequacies of the human race? I thought that <laughs> summed him up.
2: He really is wonderful. He's like – I can't – it's like he, we've lost him. We've lost that character. Yeah. You
0: know? Well, because we've lost wit in, in movies, I think, in comedies at least.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean we didn't we didn't um he wasn't an Oscar Wilde in that he wasn't a writer. But Alexander Woolcott, who is based on these is what these all are based on, um, was a critic who was kind of a bad writer and but he was a scathing critic and he made the careers of the Marx brothers and he a lot of his um his if his criti- criticisms were good, if he gave your movie or your play the thumbs
0: up, like it would make your career at made, the time. Yeah, he was the uh, he was the Harvey Levin of his day. Is that the re- name from TMZ? Exactly. Yeah. yeah, he was the Harvey Levin of his day. <laughs> Maybe pre um, Harvey
2: Levin mixed with um, Richard Ebert, Roger Ebert. <laughs> I like Richard, Richard Ebert. Ebert.
1: Yeah, it, Richard was a great man. He Worked at the gas station for a couple of years. But he, <laughs> he offered advice when people came up, use unleaded, <laughs> use diesel, whatever. He was great.
0: L- lost his thumb in a gas pumping accident. Ah, <laughs> uh, Richard, we hardly knew ye. You, know, I, you
2: guys made me laugh, but I always feel like an idiot because I'm the only one that's laughing. <laughs>
0: oh, yeah. we.
1: <laughs> I'm always pretty happy to make you feel like an idiot. So. Yeah, same here. We. I
0: great. mean, we, uh, we take pills that make us not laugh. Oh, wow. Well. I, I just find John was, unfunny. Yeah. Oh, that's the pill I take, too. It was metaphorical pills. <laughs> uh, yeah, I find myself unfunny as well. Good, uh, good. We got anything else to say about this one? Or are we going to uh, go into uh, the Pat's thing? Anybody?
1: Please. <laughs> let's call it April Whitney's thing. <laughs>
0: April Whitney's thing?
2: Oh, because well,
1: she was involved?
0: Well, I don't was think she in the movie? She wasn't in the movie. I don't think so. Oh, mm-hmm. wait, I I have a question about this one, actually.
1: Wait, do That's... we want to take a break before we start taking a uh, talk? Oh, a question
0: about this movie.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, man, the, the Man Who Came to
0: Dinner. Mm-hmm. So, I was a little unclear on who she was, the older woman who kept, like, she was giving him gifts and being nice yeah. to him. Like, what the f- that never paid off, or did I just miss it? did, it did. I missed it, did.
1: it. It's paid off huge. It's it was huge. How, was how the fuck did movie? I miss it? So, it's the-
0: She's next. she's uh, sorry. He's a uh, it's
2: um. So the family that he is, he hurt himself at their house, and he's like trapped in their house or whatever. Um, they are sick of him because he has run over overrun their lives, and they have this secret relative who keeps sneaking downstairs to talk to him, and she gives him a picture of herself when she's right, a girl. And he's like, Don't and, I know you from somewhere? Yeah. And then when the, the they finally get him on the run and the The father of the household is like, you better get out of here in fifteen minutes. I'm going to throw you out, and he's basically resigned to being thrown out. And then he realizes that the the weird relative that keeps sneaking down to talk to him is um, the he's the sister of you know the owner of the house, and um, she was an axe murderer. Um, she's like a Lizzie oh, Borden shit.
0: analog. I, and, I did miss it, and he he's a big uh, he's a big true crime murder buff. Right, that comes up earlier. Yeah, right. And he, his radio show is about all sorts of things like that. And right. he has uh, prisoners come over for lunch in their house. Right. Uh, <laughs>
1: Exicted murderers. Yeah, he says the whole little poem, 40, 40 strokes, and right. the husband, the father got forty one. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah did you turn the movie off
0: and fall asleep, John? No, <laughs> I'm. I i do not know how I missed that. I was probably, I don't know. Well,
2: there's there's probably so the most important on.
1: moment
0: in the whole film. And, and missed I missed it. it. Yeah, that's the one thing I missed.
2: There's many, many balls in the air in this movie, and you yes. have to kind of juggle everything. So it's understandable.
0: Yeah, I I'd probably like turn around, and take a sip of water for like a second, and missed it. Yeah, um, <laughs> I can't believe sipping
1: water takes that much of your attention. <laughs> I gotta focus, man, because you gotta go down to the Yeet. the pump and pump the water into your glass. <laughs> oh, no, you then... get
0: that water down the wrong pipe man i'm at the age where that's that's curtains for <laughs> the mr <age>. elliot <laughs> We're like basically
2: the same age oh well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's kind of true you got to pay attention when you're drinking water or yeah. you will
0: end up dead you'll die for sure yeah. kids please pay attention only drink coke <laughs> um okay well good i'm glad that paid well i'm kind of glad it paid off but i also liked that I didn't think it paid off, and I was like, oh, that was just a weird thing they threw in. There's a lot going on.
2: There's so many things happening in this movie that you can miss something very quickly.
1: I like how he was threatening to sue... So many times before, before he turned it around on the the, the 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 industrialist father had paid off the police to get him kicked out of the house or the sheriffs or whatever. But before that, he's like, "I'm going to sue for one hundred fifty thousand dollars."
2: <laughs> you know, the thing I discovered this time upon watching it is it it had never sunk in quite um, the same way that the doctor basically tells Sheridan Whiteside that he's okay and uh-huh. he doesn't need to be in a wheelchair. Like a week into him being there, yeah. he stays there for a month. And um, he stays there three weeks of pretending to be um, still in pain when he's not. And it just – it didn't – I did. I missed that part. So you can miss that very easily. But um, he's been – he the whole half of the movie, he's fine and he's just pretending to be yeah, – you
1: know, no, I, Yeah, I know. Yeah, I caught that. Yeah, I love that scene of him when he finds out just walking around and, <laughs> and then hurrying back to the wheelchair when he hears someone coming into the room. And that shows how much of the house is his own, because it, he's in the Great. living room. And he didn't really worry about anyone coming down that quickly <laughs> <laughs> All
2: right. oh God, the last thing I'll say about it is I love the moment where they're talking about what they're going to have for lunch, and um he says um the Billy Burke or Billy Burke is that her name the The mother of the house um says that The menus for lunch have already been ordered. And he says, that's fine. You can have
0: yours in your room on a tray. (laughs) (laughs) And then the murderers come over. (laughs) It is uh, Billy Burke, and she's only listed as Mrs. Ernest Stanley. It's 1942. There you go. All right, yes, thumbs up for this one. Um, Well, who knows what the next one will get. You want to take a quick break and we'll find out? You
1: haven't even said the name for the next week. I know. I refuse. Let's all all
0: take a drink of water.
2: Carefully. So it will
1: be an hour. (laughs) All
0: right. We'll be right back. We had a comrade. A brave
3: comrade. He could talk for whole days. But there he Tried to be a hero Tried talking about Shand To computers
0: wearing earphones He almost died For conversation Hallucinations Good vibrations
1: Van Dyke Park Scrainhound racing steeple chasing
0: The Reformation Transubstantiation Brand no stuck his creation The land of the creations, And right back all right, we're back with uh, Pat. You want to tell everybody what we're doing here?
1: Before I, I tell, I, I do. I should say that I was telling a friend of mine that I've been watched. I watched this movie and I kept saying, "Do you know who Grumpy the Cat is?" And was <laughs> nice enough not to correct me. Grumpy the Cat. Not Grumpy <laughs> the Cat. <laughs>
0: Like Oscar the Grouch? Is that what you like? You were... <laughs> I don't know. I've never met the cat like you. Yeah, Michael and I both have... Cat seems fine to me. I mean... Yeah, the cat yeah. is not that grumpy. It's just very, like, lethargic. Yeah, it's a lazy fucking cat is what it should be called. Yeah. yeah. With the fucking
2: I, in there.
1: So we watched Grumpy Cat Christmas? Is that what it was called? Grumpy Cat Worst Christmas Ever movie? Yeah. yeah. Christmas Ever?
2: <laughs> what <Thanks>. an introduction.
0: <laughs> a made-for-lifetime movie, so... That kind of tells you all you need to know.
1: I didn't realize it was made for a Lifetime before I selected. I just thought it would be a train wreck, but I didn't know how much of a train wreck.
0: Well, it, I know because it's got Aubrey Plaza.
1: Who and seems Aubrey like, Plaza is is the only good thing about the movie.
0: And yet she's not that great. Like I felt like her voiceover was
1: half good. Like yeah,
0: is. half the time it worked and. A lot of times I was just like, "Ah, she's not trying." I feel
1: like if they could, if she, they would have let, just let her say whatever she wanted, it would have been better. Because apparently she did the voiceover after the movie was made, so she was kind of able to do a mystery science theater three thousand. And there is a couple good lines in that vein, but it, yeah, it was it wasn't it was halfway. Oh, maybe I was drinking water during those too. <laughs> No, there was at the very end of the movie I I don't think we need to do a synopsis but if you guys want to, it's a Christmas movie where there's love and stupid There's no story (laughs) I mean, they're trying to steal this million dollar dog And there's there's voiceover for all the animals. There's a pet store in the mall, and a little girl and and Mean Girl. The mean that was the funniest thing that made the Mean Girls in the movie were much were very ugly. I mean, no <laughs> actresses, and not that I'm a connoisseur of thirteen-year-old girls, but they were unattractive.
2: <laughs> well, the whole movie is basically just the setup, and then two hours of running around back and forth in a mall. Like, there's no, there's nothing worth watching about this
0: movie at all. There's um, really not. Yeah, and. Do they even have pet stores that sell pets anymore? I mean, like dogs and know. cats. I mean, they do with the
1: big pet chains, like Petco.
0: Oh. Well, I don't think
1: Petco has dogs and cats. They just have. Yeah, smiles. I think they
0: have like birds and
1: you know. Penguins.
0: Penguins. Do we lose Michael's Michael gone. again? Motherfuck. Yeah. All right, let me uh, let me stop for a sec. We got Michael back. Uh, I think he hey. he just left because he was done with Grumpy yeah, Cat already. I was
2: hoping we were done talking
0: about this movie. About we kind of are. I mean... <laughs> Can we just talk
1: about the one funny line? Because I can't believe you guys didn't think it was funny. It's yeah. at the Which end one? of the movie, and the the mother says to her daughter, what did those guys do to you? And Grumpy Cat says, it's not that kind of Lifetime movie. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, you know what? To touch on just a few good things about this movie is that um, number one, um, it ended, but no, Um Number, okay. number two, um, they, they. what's weird about this movie and what works and doesn't work is that they... God damn it, Michael. What? You can't hear me?
0: Oh, wait. Yeah, I can now. I can hear you. I feel like you just didn't like what I was saying and you were
1: like... No, all I heard <laughs> was...
0: The bad thing was they and then it cut out.
2: Oh. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let me think about what I was talking about. They know that they're in a Lifetime movie and the joke is made many times that you shouldn't expect anything out of this movie because it's garbage i mean the cat makes that joke and i think that's funny to be so self-aware but it's still a terrible movie yes. Yes. And that doesn't excuse you making something so boring
1: no and grumpy cat's quotes should have been funnier about the terrible things that are happening all around her mm-hmm. and there's grumpy cat a boy it's a girl girl Were you watching the movie, Pat? I mean, in real life, because you helped Oh, oh, it's a girl in real life, yeah. uh,
0: Nobody checked. Well, (laughs) did you (laughs) stick your finger in? (laughs) I don't know that nobody did. Michael and I didn't. Uh, uh, It's not smart enough to be meta. That's the problem. Oh, wait, Michael's still laughing at his own (laughs) joke. That's
2: not my joke. I just give us. Uh, nobody has ever said that to me before. <laughs> I was picturing something horrifying. I was picturing something beautiful. <laughs> Cat's
1: vagina. Do we lose Pat now? No, I'm just uh, masturbating. Just soaking it all in, <laughs> He's just so to speak.
0: <laughs> Sorry. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. the the meta stuff didn't work for me because like it just like with the all the uh all the promotion that it was doing Mm -hmm. like yeah you can make fun of the fact that you're like trying to sell shit but you're still trying to sell shit and it's still gross
1: like i i did like the fact that grumpy cat grumpy the cat was the star of the movie (laughs) but like it wasn't they didn't try to make the cat do anything. It was just, the camera wasn't a cat wall, it just sat there. And anytime <laughs> there was any running, like, any the cat moving around, it was obviously a stand-in cat. Like, you just saw the back end of a, a cat puppet. running around. <laughs> yeah, or a puppet, yeah.
2: <laughs> Which I thought was funny that they, like, embraced that, because... You know, just, like, not, like, going too much into what we have had to do with this cat. Like, you kind of have to just deal with the fact that it doesn't move very much, and it's not very animated. And what it does do is it lets you manipulate it. The cat just lays there while you pick it up and hold it in front of a camera and dance it around. Like, it's totally fine with that, and it doesn't seem to cause it any stress or anything like that. So what I really appreciate about this movie, as someone who's had to work with this cat, you know, personally... Is that, you know, they found ways to make the cat do a little bit to make it look kind of animated. But that's totally from, like, an art direction point of view. Like, as part of a movie, it doesn't matter. It was boring as hell. it was dumb. But, like, if you, you know, when you work with this cat and you see that it just sits there and stares at you and doesn't do anything. The fact that they, like, they, um, they made gloves that look like the cat's fur. Right. (laughs) <laughs> and the, a lot of times the gloves are on screen and you can't really tell, but um, they're holding the cat up and it's doing things. And the the fur gloves are sort of camouflaging the fact that they're holding it. And like that little innovation <laughs> is like something that probably like some is genius level compared to like what I've had to deal <laughs> with. You, like, yeah. Now you're going to get cat gloves. Well, I mean, we tried. <laughs> we tried to figure out how well, could we do that. Like we went through a lot to, to do a shoot with the cat. And it worked out fine. I don't have any complaints. The cat will literally do anything. Um, but um, it's, it's sort of still boring, you know So the, I like the, um, the cat the scenes with the cat driving made me laugh.
0: Yeah, yeah. I thought, I mean, I thought the best thing was at the end, during the credits, when the cat's just, like, dancing and meowing to the song. Like, (laughs) that was at least funny to me, (laughs) unlike the rest of the movie. I I don't even know, like, like I said, these pet stores. I don't know when this was even supposed to take place. It seemed like the 80s, with these two
1: robbers who were, like, into Van Halen and shit. (laughs) No, no. It was just, it was in the present time, and the people who wrote the movie thought that those people still existed. Yeah,
0: it was totally bill and ted type shit um except not funny at all
1: yeah and much more violent than bill and ted ever ever would be yeah oh yeah there's a home alone it. deal yes yeah, and so and, i i thought that was going to happen throughout the movie but then they kind of ended that and like the paintball scene there was no more of that i thought the little girl was just going to be a macaulay culkin but yeah fucking them up uh, i didn't get the scene there's at- that weird subplot with the security guard being the, the ringleader yeah it Daniel didn't
2: make Roebuck sense.
0: in a Dark turn
1: <laughs> and then Is he's like... famous for other stuff he did look recognizable I thought he yeah, was yes. a kid.
2: he's Matlock's like assistant in <laughs> that
1: entire series Wow
0: mm.
1: well I thought it he, was... He Andy Griffith died to make this film
0: <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was well because I don't know who this was for I mean maybe kids like
1: it I don't know it... what, what what are any lifetime movies for who are uh, any of them for yeah you, no, that's you specifically. True. Yeah, the but
0: they had like the scene at the beginning where the mall cop is like hitting on this teenage, like clerk in some store, and I was like, "What is <laughs> this about?" I, Jesus, <laughs> I guess just to show that he's lonely, but you kind of guessed that from him being a mall cop. Um, my take on it was that I sided with the Mean Girls because I think this uh this chick who adopts Grumpy Cat, I think she's boring. And mm-hmm. she's no fun. Mm-hmm. And she's obviously schizophrenic. She's hearing voices from a cat and seeing a Santa Claus that didn't exist.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Wait, and... we
1: saw those things,
0: so she's not schizophrenic. Well, see, it's, it's from her crazy-ass point of view. That's, oh. that's my take on it. Well, I thought right... she
1: made the right move leaving that ugly sweater party. Well, that's true. <laughs> that <laughs> was... Who wants that's... to be at a party where your your mom and her whatever he was... or. Obviously, going to have sex very soon. She got out of there <laughs> as soon as she could, and she went to the best place. Yeah, the mall after hours.
0: Yep. Yeah, where... I feel like
2: the mom's romance was like way more
0: adult than the rest of the movie. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I don't know who this movie was for. It was very like it had the meta stuff, and the, but then it was like so stupid that only kids would find it funny. So yeah, I didn't get it.
2: Yeah, there should have been more cat. Frankly, it should have been more Grumpy Cat, less bumbling security guards, less human being and yes, more Aubrey Plaza, more Aubrey Plaza should, she, she was the most disappointing thing about this. Cause I thought, well, at least she'll be funny. Right? Yeah. Yes, I know. Same here. And literally this felt like it was her first read of the script. Yeah. And I, that's it how probably I felt. was. And like, I don't think that it makes any sense to give voice to a cat who everybody hears differently in their voice in their head anyway. Yeah. I think that she's probably a good person to do this because of the character she played on Parks and Rec. But um I think that Aubrey Plaza in general is still like not the voice I was hearing for Grumpy my Cat. Head. No. Yeah. And she's good but she's she's she doesn't try at
0: all. It's she's just Yeah. She, that's Row. how I felt. Yeah. Row. Right.
1: She's no Jimmy Durrani is what we're saying. <laughs> I wonder if Aubrey Plaza ever got to help hold Grumpy the cat. Maybe that's why she couldn't, because she never held the cat to know for sure what he'd sound like. That's more she, because she's technically
0: not a he. Now Pat is talking like this crazy little girl. Yep. In the movie, uh, so it's all come full circle. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's, it's a like schizophrenic fever dream. <laughs> the whole, at once she leaves the party. It's just. It's uh, It's all, yeah, from... Oh, one thing was so, so stupid
1: that it was funny was when she stole the car and had to hit the handicap thing to get out of the mall. Yeah, that's hilarious. Um, <laughs> I agree, John. I love when you agree with me. That's what makes this <laughs> podcast so good, when we agree on things. When we come together
0: in the spirit of the season. Hmm. Hallelujah. I was talking more about the masturbating again. Oh. Um. Yeah, I I don't know. I'm done. Don't I mean? There's no reason to watch it. I, I like that they kept talking about like how this was going to be a hit for lifetime, so they could have sequels and stuff, and like that never materialized. Obviously, it only
1: came out last year. Give him give him a couple years. You think? Um, I the agree time this
0: up in like six months, though.
2: Usually, yeah, you know, it's yeah. Good.
0: Yeah. yeah, three.
1: Sometimes. <laughs> when you say good, is it in quotes?
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, like they thought that um, "flowers in the attic" was going to be really good. And the first movie of Flowers in the Attic was okay. And then they did the second one and nobody talked about it. So this kind of happened around the same schedule. Like, I think they would have done another one right away. But, like, don't call a movie the worst Christmas ever and then actually make it the worst movie anybody's ever well,
1: seen. No, it was not the worst. It's not the worst movie we've done on this podcast. So
0: that's true.
1: It's not, that's but honor. that's
0: not saying much.
2: But can we all agree that Silent Night, Deadly Night, or any of the other Christmas horror movies we saw last year were better than this?
0: Yes, I would agree with that. And I hated Silent Night, Deadly Night.
2: <laughs> Was that the one where Santa like, attacked the family on the side of the road?
0: Yes. That's... Okay.
2: That's my favorite scene of all time <laughs> in a Christmas
0: movie. It's so fucking inappropriate,
2: man. <laughs> <laughs> what they should have done is Crystal, who is the you know girl in this movie should have been the daughter of that killer
0: yeah and well because she was obviously crazy right so yeah she should have just gone full psycho Mm -hmm. gone to the axe store in the mall Mm -hmm. which they i assume they had since they had a pet shop Mm -hmm. uh yeah and just started going to town on on
1: i didn't put it together i didn't realize her first name was crystal because her last name was meth if only she,
0: you know, if only she it's had the energy of, of her namesake, <laughs> or the personality.
2: I'm sure everybody got paid like twenty dollars to make this movie. I, yeah,
0: I'm, and that's about what they spent on, on uh, props too.
2: Yeah, I'm sure they spent a lot of money on the cat and a lot of money on Aubrey Plaza, and they had nothing left. They were like Daniel Roebuck, we'll we'll let you ride around on a scooter if you'll do this for cheap. 'Cause he's the next biggest name in this movie. <laughs> and yeah. he's like such a nobody.
0: <laughs> and that I don't know who the uh, I don't know who the dude was. I don't know if he owned steak in the mall or was some developer whatever. But oh the looked, manager? Yeah, he looked like a cross between uh, Scott Wolf and Tom Cruise and he just <laughs> was really yeah, he was off putting as well.
1: I think a cross between Scott Wolf and Tom Cruise is Scott Wolf.
0: That's Probably true. Yeah, it just loops back around. <laughs> um, except this guy was scrawnier. Anyway, I'm yeah, I'm done with this.
1: Done. Recommendations, Asians, Asians. All recommendations.
0: right, I'm gonna go first because go. I, I think we all know I'm gonna try to steal Pat's thunder because uh, oh. I went and saw the reason I was later today was I went and saw the number one hit in the movie theaters right now, Sisters. I knew it. Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. Was it good? Uh. It was good. It was too long, and like a lot of it revolved around like this big house party, that it it was just too long. But it did actually make me laugh, unlike most uh, big budget comedies. And it was rated R, which I appreciated. Um, so I'm gonna yeah, I recommend it just for Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. They were funny. It
1: looked kind of terrible from the trailer. It so did I'm look terrible
0: from the ta- trailer. Yeah, and it was funnier than than that, but still too long. But what the hell, I'll recommend it, Michael.
1: Great.
2: I would watch um, I would recommend that everyone, if I haven't done it before recommend um, Judy Garland's Christmas Special which is on YouTube Um, and it is black and white it's a corny um, like variety show style format of Judy having a family Christmas in her fake living room and it features many many like awful and um, not awful but ironic moments that won't come to fruition for years to come like um, Liza's boyfriend, Tommy Toon, stops by. <laughs>
0: Liza's boyfriend. Wow. Like, oh, Liza. <laughs> Wait, what is the deal with Liza? Like, she's just a mess, right? And always has been, kind of?
2: Kind of. I mean, she's just kind of... She's been somebody who just always wanted to please her mother, and her please mother kind of didn't really have a lot of time for her, it sounds like. In yeah. What
0: oh, it comes across, yeah.
2: Yeah. And she's just always, like, just like Judy, like, always after the gay guys, and... Um, they adore her, too,
0: and so she's just a mess. But, but she um, seems like a person who, like, literally has show business in her blood. Like, she <laughs> I, I don't know that she's even 100% human as much as, like, <laughs> just, like, the epitome of old-school show business, and she's very anachronistic in that way, which is why I loved her on uh, Arrested Development. Sorry,
2: go <laughs> she ahead. She was great. Great. I think we'll we'll do a Eliza Minnelli episode in the future.
0: <laughs>
1: All right. But go ahead. It reminds me. I, I was watching uh, – I don't know why, but I turned on Merv Griffin this afternoon. There's this like channel that always shows old shows, and I just wanted to see – I was thinking it was going to be an 80s Merv Griffin, but it mm-hmm. was from the 1960s, and he was co-hosting it with a pre-Brady Bunce, uh, Florence Hen- Henderson, oh. and Jimmy Boyd came on, who, who as a 12-year-old sang um, – I saw Mommy Kissing Santa Claus, and he w- it was like 12 years later, so he was in his 20s, and he was... <laughs> <laughs> Alcoholic, and... No, no, he was just very uh, talkative, and uh, it was interesting. <laughs> and that... Yeah, well, that
0: might be interesting to look up on YouTube. Um, Sorry, Michael, were you done with the Judy Garland?
2: done that's Mm -hmm. i I recommend just you just have to watch it and enjoy it for yourself enjoy it for what it is
0: okay well let's all be surprised by pat's uh recommendation this week what do you
2: got Pat?
1: i have two recommendations first the one that no one will be surprised by is i recommend everyone see neon joe werewolf hunter on adult swim yes john glazer from delocated and john glazer
0: in in uh, the sisters
1: movie too love him. is it yeah and scott adds it adds it oh adds it that's it from 30 Rock, who weirdly, I've talked about this before, but every time I think of him, it, it cracks me up that he's been in multiple comic books for some reason. I don't know if he's friends with comic book guys or just so happens two artists like to draw him. I don't know what the deal is, but he had a regular recurring role in Deadpool, and he was killed in the pages of um, – uh, I forget the name of it. Anyway, uh, that's <laughs> the first, bad, rec- <clears throat> first recommendation. is uh, What it is, is it called again? Neon Joe Werewolf Hunter on Adult Swim animated this, or no no it's 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 live action. John oh. live action in all his neon green glory oh gotta check it out yeah <laughs> it's, it's on my
2: dvr i haven't watched it yet but i i saw that title and it was like i've gotta tape this
1: <laughs> i don't know if it's new or or what but the guy i, I work it with is. It, and then it's it's well worth watching it along with mr pickles i watched that too just because i was looking at, at adult swim on demand and i swear someone told me to watch it but it was everyone michael I, morris dude it was me Oh, okay, good. And That's awesome. <laughs> it's
2: so horrible. It is awesome. I love it. The dog just like kills indiscriminately.
1: <laughs> and his little boyfriend is is just he's just like Lassie's owner. Yeah. And for some reason they give him braces on his legs. This this makes it funnier. <laughs>
2: This is an awesome show. I, I think there was only one season, but Mister Pickles is so horrible that I, as a character, that you just can't help but love what he's doing, even yes. though it's murdering people. <laughs> and I tried
1: to watch an episode of the Jack McBrayer. Triumph. Oh, triumph! That's what I was going to ask you about. Yeah, it just didn't. It didn't. The it didn't one click. I was wasn't that good. Maybe I'll try a few more. And anyway, the second recommendation I'll be recommending for as long as it's in the theaters is the new Star Wars. It's awesome. It's better than you think. I don't this know why one? you're making those noises. Oh, what? I got indigestion. <laughs> <laughs> you you claim to like the original movies. And if you like the original movies, you'll like that. I, you know,
0: we just watched uh, the original Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back because Viv wants to see the new one. Um, uh, original Star Wars, better than I remembered, actually. Not... Not, I mean, it's still corny and stuff, and of course I love Empire Strikes Back. I'm not looking forward to rewatching Return of the Jedi.
1: It's better than you think. But of course you are a heartless jerk who hates Ewoks, so it's worse than you think. I am so I don't even know how you wake up in the mornings. Hating so, Ewoks? That's how I wake up? Yeah, that's what gets you going? <laughs> yep. I get it. <laughs> well, Ewok have have hate you know, boner. The, the Force Awakens is two hours and 16 minutes of constant Ewoks.
2: <laughs> Yay, Star Wars on the planet of the
1: teddy bears. And like, that, that will be my recommendation for as long as it's in the theater or until John Kills Me.
2: It, mean, you know, it wouldn't be so hard to watch that movie if people would just shut up about it. I appreciate your recommendation, but oh my God, I'm <laughs> sick of the marketing. I'm
0: sick of it. Yeah, the marketing What's is...
1: What's great about it is half of the marketing isn't even marketing. It's news channels talking about it. I think that's really yeah. fun. And I, 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 I mean, it kind of sucks now because it's Disney. N- not that there's anything wrong with Disney, just a like they're a big corporation and there's a lot
0: wrong with Disney. Yeah, let's get. But,
1: that. I mean, I always thought it was kind of, kind of fun when Lucas was making the movies. It was just like one guy was doing all this, and it wasn't a huge studio that was in charge of all the marketing. I like that a little bit more. But anyway, I enjoyed the new movie, and I think most people do. So, go see it. Everyone who's listening to this. So, Michael Morris, I guess I'm just talking to you directly. <laughs>
2: I'll go see it over Christmas. Yay! Did, once the uh, once the people dressed as the characters have stopped. Yeah, they'll oh. well,
0: they'll never stop, but no they won't be at the, the theater. theater.
1: The theater I went to was there was nobody dressed as the characters. Oh,
2: you haven't been to a movie in San Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> They're always dressed as the characters.
1: <laughs> yeah. I saw Last Emperor at the Castro. There was no one dressed as the characters.
2: <laughs> it was all children, though, wasn't it? Yes. See.
0: Yeah, it was thematic anyway. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, I mean, this was half of a fun episode. I mean, the episode was fine. I mean, watching the shit was half fun. Well,
2: who can say? You know, let your audience tell you if the episode was good. I am my
0: audience. was the episode good? Yeah. I think it was. (laughs) There you go.
1: (laughs) Take that, Rotten Tomatoes. Well, yeah,
0: and... uh, Sorry we weren't on last week, uh, but, you know, sometimes we need naps. I think that's all it really was. And uh, also, I feel like I, I have a premonition that I'll apologize for that next week as well. I, we'll just have to see.
2: Was that your grandfathered episode?
0: Did that really happen, or was that a joke? No, that really happened. I mean, it's going to happen. So, Oh, no, so I it don't...
1: hasn't
0: posted? we already did that. Oh my god, dude, you I'm guys really are confused. all fucked. Yeah, it's confusing when you... Uh, Record things out of order and miss a week. And then uh, put this one out before the one we recorded previously. But, you know, it still makes more sense than the Grumpy Cat movie.
1: If you want to talk to us about anything at all that you'd like to talk to us about, write to us at poppulture.com at gmail.com or just rate us highly on iTunes or like us on Facebook and be our friends. But most importantly, tell your friends to listen. Yeah, and, and address it to Pat, because I don't give a shit. <laughs> uh, all right. It's an email. You really don't have to address it to anyone. Really? Yep. Oh, I didn't know that was the etiquette
0: for emails. So you're just like, hey, you. That's why I get all those hey, you emails. <laughs> That's why I get all those, hey, look at my pictures here. They don't even call I me by we name. Should, we should do an
1: episode all about etiquette. Oh, that would be great. <laughs>
0: Michael Morris would have to come back for that.
1: I'm no, available no, just, whenever you want me.
0: Just I, just want listen, life?
1: I just want him to listen to wh- what we think the proper etiquette for things are.
2: I don't think I could. I already <laughs> talk back enough when I listen to you guys. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> like, I start so many emails like, guys. <laughs>
1: like, hey, you I, got something this wrong. I, know
2: to answer I, to. I, right. I love I that shit.
1: It. I want to read it. <laughs> I know. I do,
0: too. <laughs> It, nothing amuses me more than when people tell us we fuck something up because I'm like, yeah, no shit, dude. That's kind of the, <laughs> that's kind of the whole point of this is that we don't do research.
2: Well, when that, when the grandfathered versus um, that other show uh, finally airs, I will send you my feedback like immediately.
1: It we didn't like grandfathered. Like you don't like it. It's okay. but <laughs> you? I mean, you're not you're not serious about liking grandfathered, are you?
2: I am totally pro grandfathered. Totally. Goodbye. I don't understand it. I just am. I like it's. I like Josh Peck, and I like the mother in that show. Uh, well, the mother
1: name? is. I love the mother. But...
2: She is worth watching that show. Like she's funny. Her she's name really is good.
1: Padgett Brewster.
0: Yes,
2: I love. Are you her.
1: going to uh, watch Full House when it's finally on? <laughs> Hell no.
0: <laughs> it's gonna be. It's like all about that Christian Cameron
1: chick, right? Like Christian Cameron. <laughs> That's not her name. It's Cameron (laughs) Candace. Candace Cameron. No, no. She changed it when she got married.
2: Oh, it's Cameron Scandon now.
1: Yeah, Cameron Scandon. In that that universe, just like Cameron Kirk.
2: That's a mystery you'll solve on another episode, I'm
0: sure.
1: Until then, (laughs) uh,
0: happy holidays, everybody.
1: Star Wars holidays, (laughs) that is. Goodbye.